and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. So he's talking about before the rapture of the church that there is going to be a falling away of the believer. And, uh, and if we look around, of course, tonight in our building, we see there's a lot of empty pews. And so I remember when there was a time when most of the pews was filled up. Uh, but uh, I, I, now we can use any excuse we want to. We can use the covert as an excuse. We can use any excuse, but an excuse is nothing but what? An excuse. And uh, we have to understand that uh, there is going to be a falling away. And, uh, and the Word of God teaches that before the rapture of the church and the man of sin uh, would be revealed. Uh, I believe without a shadow of a doubt that the Antichrist is alive today. And uh, years ago, uh, I remember the early part of my Christian life that uh, Gene Dixon, I'm not advocating Gene Dixon, but I'm just saying that uh, Gene Dixon made a prediction. And she said that uh, she talked about the Antichrist, uh, the man of sin being revealed. And uh, we have to understand that we are living in the last days without a shadow of a doubt and, uh, and there's so many verses now in the Word of God that teaches us that we're living in the last days. Uh, you know, the Bible says that in the book of Timothy, it talks about that in the last days perilous times shall come or, or scary times shall come. And then now tonight it's talking about the, the, the thought of apostasy, which in the Greek it means to a falling away. And so there's some expectation of apostasy. And uh, chapter number two, again, verse number one, the Bible said, Now I will beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord and the gathering together unto him. So he's now talking about the rapture of the church. And so he promises us a delivery. And uh, we see that he's talking about that the coming of our Lord by the gathering together to him. And, of course, you know, in, in, uh, in the book of Thessalonians, it talks about the rapture of the church. And, uh, and we're living in those days right now. Wars and rumors of wars. I mean, just, everything in the Word of God, it's amazing to me as you read your Bible, how amazingly it, it is up to date. In other words, uh, there's nothing that can, uh, that's, that's to transpire uh, and that has not already happened with the exception of the rapture of the church. That's the next great event. And so the Bible said that we're to be ready. Be ye also ready for such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man will come. And it's not talking about being ready uh, as far as salvation is concerned. It's talking about being ready to meet Him. And of course, in 2 John, it talks about there will be some that would be ashamed of themselves. So that's what He's talking about here. He also said that when He comes back, would He find any faith? And uh, we're living in, in the days where uh, we, we're, we, that, that it seems like the, the people are losing uh, their, the idea or the, uh, the, the, the teaching of the Word of God on the, on the coming of Christ. Now, I'm not talking about the second coming. I'm talking about the rapture of the church. There will be a day when He comes back and every eye shall see Him. And uh, we have to understand that. That's talking about, though, after the tribulation time, He comes back and then we'll go into the, the millennial reign. But what he's talking about here is the rapture of the church. That means that only Christians will hear that, sound, that, will hear that trumpet sound. And, and so we have to understand there's multiple scriptures that teaches us that Jesus is coming. 
No, turn your Bibles over to 2 Peter. Uh, 2 Peter in your Bible, cha chapter number 3. 2 Peter chapter number 3. And uh, notice there with me, if you would, verses 1 through 4. 2 Peter chapter number 3, verses 1 through 4. It says the second epistle, Beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. He said, I want you to remember something. I'm going to stir your mind up that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of, uh, 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 of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior. Know this first, okay? He said, I want you to know something first. Know this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. He talks about scoffers. He's talking about those that's mocking. That's what a scoffer is, they're mocking. Uh, that, uh, and say, where is the promise of His coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly, notice this, are ignorant uh, of that by the Word of God the heavens were of old, the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that, that then was being overflowed with water perish. But the heavens of the earth, which are now by the same Word are kept in store reserved unto fire, against that day of, of, of judgment and perdition. He's talking about uh, when Jesus, we was, uh, my wife and I was on the way home uh, yesterday, and we saw a rainbow two times. And of course, uh, that's when God, uh, and even uh, little Lily Grace, she said that, that when you see that rainbow, that means that God will never destroy the earth again with water. That does what it means. But now the next time it's going to be with fire. And uh, so he talks about here that there's going to be mockers that's going to come. And, and, and hey, how many times have you heard people say things like that? Well, preacher, you preach about Jesus coming very soon, and I've heard that all my life. Yes, I've heard it for 50 years, but I tell you one thing, he's closer to the day than he was 50 years ago. And we're living in those days. We're living in those days, I believe it, without a, a, a shadow of a doubt that the multiple pa uh, passages of Scripture that teaches that Jesus is coming real soon, they're unfolding before our eyes. And if you notice in, in, in the world situation and, and all these armies that are now beginning to, to come together, and the Bible makes it very plain that, that when, uh, after, uh, after the rapture, when Jesus comes back, and, and, and then he talks about there's going to be, uh, uh, the, the nations are going to come against Israel. All nations shall be against Israel. And I remember, and I think I've mentioned this before, Becca and I was talking on, on the porch, and before, you know, when they was, were going to have, was going to vote on the president, and uh, she's talking about uh, 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 President Trump, and we, I was talking about different ones, and Biden. And I said, you know, uh, we believe if Jesus is coming back real soon, there's going to have to be a man in there that is not pro-Israel. And we got him now. And I'm just saying everything is, is, is working up to that time. And the Bible teaches us that when the, the Battle of Armageddon, when that happens, that there's going to be the kings from the, from the north, which is, and it talks about Russia. Then the kings of the east, that's talking about uh, the, the China, Chinese and the, uh, and the North Koreans and, and the Orientals, that's what it's talking about. And then it's going to talk about the kings of the south that's going to come up. And so Israel will be totally surrounded, surrounded with nowhere to go but into the sea. 
But then God's going to speak the word, and when he does, they're going to drop, and the, the, the blood will flow up to the horses' bridles there in the Battle of Armageddon. And so we talk, there's something that the devil wants to get out of our mind, and that's the fact that Jesus is coming back real soon. Because we, if we ever get that out of our mind, what's going to happen? We're going to, be, we're going to start living loose lives. And, uh, that's, and I remember, again, years ago, when the early part of my Christian life, at least, at least once a month, uh, our preacher would preach something about the rapture of the church. And so we need to understand some things. There's that expectation of apostasy. We know that the great falling away, that, that Christians now have left the house of God. And, and, uh, and that some folks uh, they, they was faithful to the house of God before we got this COVID deal. And now, where are they? We haven't seen them now for over a year. And that's a great falling away. That's what he's talking about. And so he talks about here at verse number two, back in our text verse again. He said that it be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. He said that the day of Christ is at hand. He said, now don't be shaken in your mind or don't be troubled. Uh, you see, Paul broke down the potential disturbance in the following chapter there, verse number two. He talks about a shaking of the mind. Now, what that's talking about is, is a spiritual decline, a spiritual decline. And then it's talking about a troubled spirit. You see, the, the troubled spirit that's going to attack our minds and uh, the word trouble means to cry loud or make a noise or an outcry. And a lot of times when people are frightened, that's what they will do. They will have an outcry. That's what he's talking about. Tr shaking of the mind, troubling of the spirit, then troubling of the word. Uh, you know, it, we, we get troubled by sometimes by what we hear. We should never as believers get, get upset about what we hear uh, from the word of God. The Word of God should never, ever cause us to fear. The Bible said, the fear of man bringeth a snare. We have nothing to fear. We've read the last chapter, and we know what's going to happen. And, of course, those, those dear uh, Christians over there now in Afghanistan, many of them will, will get the martyr's crown. They will die rather than recant on the Lord Jesus Christ. And by the way, f f listen, we need to seriously pray for those folks. We really do because they're brothers and sisters in Christ. And we have to understand that they're going to be th going through troubled times and shaking of the mind. Can you imagine? I cannot even imagine living in a place like Afghanistan today. I, I cannot even imagine how that must be. It's fearful times when these people, and I believe they're demonic oppressed. I mean, possessed. I don't mean oppressed. They're demonic. In the things they can do, I was watching, and uh, it already happened. There was a woman over there, and something happened. Did y'all see that, where they, where they cut her hand off? They took a machete and, and chopped her hand off right there on TV. And, and, and these people are ruthless. The, and and that's, that's their belief. And, and then we had, what, already this week, they had a... a, a, a Somebody put off a bomb. They carried a bomb in on themselves and killed 13 of us. So you know what they believe? That if they do that, that, that they're going to get 13 virgins when they get to their heaven. What a stupid thing to believe. 
We're living in those times to believe that, that, that I don't know, 13, 15, I don't know how many get, but over one be enough. But I'm just saying that, uh, that, 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 that's good, that they believe that. They've been taught that. And you take a person that lives in uh, maybe in, in poverty, you know, they don't have anything, and, and, and they, they look forward to doing something like that. Now, what I've just heard on the news before we left, I believe there was going to be another attack, but we took them out with a drone. And I'm just telling you, there's, there's people standing in line to kill these people because they believe in their religion. They believe, just like those that flew those airplanes into the Twin Towers and then uh, landed, uh, crashed that one out there in the field. And they just believe that if I do this, I'm doing God's work. And listen, if I had to have a religion that kills people, I wouldn't think that God was very fair, would you? The Bible tells us that he, Jesus said, I want you to have life and have it more abundantly. But their theory is, listen, you kill the infidels, you kill those that, that is not Muslim. That's what they, they believe and, and teach to their children from the time they start growing up till they understand. We're living in fearful times, folks. Then he talks about troubled letter, hearing even the truth from the man of God. You see, there's something about truth, and I, I know we, I know that verse that you should know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. But when you talk about that in the last days, things that's going to happen, some folks they 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 preach it. That I'm scared when you talk like that. I remember years ago, uh, I my my first pastor. And uh, I've only had really three, uh, Brother Bacon, Brother Leno, and then Brother uh, up in uh, Charlottesville, Brother Leak. And, uh, but I'm just saying, uh, the early part, when we got saved, uh, our preacher would preach on the rapture and things like that. And he talked about uh, things that I, I just said, how in the world could some, that, you know, what he was talking about, how could that be true? He was talking about doing tribulation time where they were going to beheading people. And I thought, well, why would they want to behead people? But if you know anything about it, if you've been watching the news, that's what they're they good for. They, they take their heads off, make them bow down, chop their heads off. And, and let me say this. He talks about troubled times, uncertainty. It, it calls sometimes the child of God to be troubled. But we shouldn't be troubled. Again, it's, it's sometimes it's unpopular and, and it causes the, the believer to, to, to get shaky in mind and troubled in spirit. This should not be us. We should know. That's what the, when he's writing to the church of Thessalonica, he said, these things are going to happen, so get prepared for it. Get prepared for it. And so we see here the uh, potential of disturbance. And uh, notice, if you would, there's going to be some other things that's going to go along with this in 1 Peter chapter number 3 and verse number 14. The Bible said, but if, and, but, and if you suffer for righteousness, happy are ye, for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. You see, Jesus knew that prior to his return, there was going to be trouble in this world. And, and folks, listen, if Satan can get that, the, the fact of the matter that Jesus is coming back real soon. That's why today we look around and we see that, that and years ago, and I think I've given this illustration before, in 1970 and through 72, 
the pastor of the church that I was saved in, he gave an illustration. He said, now let's suppose right here, this hand, is where the world is today. This is where the world is. And he said the, the church is connected to the world. He said where the world is today, 10 years from now, that's where the Christian will be. And you know, I thought to myself, this was all new to me. And I probably was looking at him like a calf looking at a new gate because he was saying things, man, this cannot be true. Christians will never be where the unsaved are, but we're there. We're there. I mean, you hear about uh, now about preachers. I'm not talking about just the Catholics. I'm talking about Baptist preachers that's molesting children and, and all kinds of crazy things. And there was a time uh, that, and, and of course, some of you are too young to, to, to know anything about this, but you could let your children outside. You didn't have to worry about nobody bothering your children. You really didn't. And, and I mean, the place that I lived that with my grandmother, the nearest neighbor was a mile away. I mean, you could see them as a clear cut across the field there, but hey, if you hollered, I don't think they could hear you. But I'm just saying that we didn't, they, we didn't worry about that. But buddy, we need to worry about it today. I mean, you have to be careful. And of course, I, I have now, I don't have any small children, but I do have some grandchildren. And I'm always warning them, you know, and uh, like uh, uh, when they leave the house, I always watch them home. And they don't live, well, the, well they don't live the length of this trailer from, from the house, but I watch them every time they go out. Why do I do that? Because you never know this day and time. And, and you know, and sometimes the kids get out there and, and they want to walk up to the neighbor's house, which is about two or three houses up the road. And, uh, and, and I say, don't, don't do that. You know, because we never know. And, and there's, there, there's the, an evil, there's an evil spirit today in our country. And we don't realize that Satan is working again over time because he knows he has but a short time. And so we see here, he talks about, he talks about prior to his return that God's people would be troubled. That's why I wrote in John chapter number 14, let not your heart be troubled. Now he said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. He said, I want you to know that in my father's house there's many mansions. If not so, I've told you. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come again, receive you into myself, that where I am, there you may be also. So we have to understand that, that, that we are ought to, I believe we ought to be on the lookout. I believe we ought to be wise. I don't think we should put ourselves in a position, well, the idea, well, uh, the Lord is my Savior and he's going to keep me from, uh, you know, he's going to keep me from all these types of things and this is not going to happen to me. But let me tell you one thing. There's nowhere in the scripture that tells you that, that Christians are bulletproof. I mean, we'll go through the same heartaches and sorrows and diseases and, and, and deaths just like everyone else. And so we ought to be, we ought to be on the lookout. We ought to be wise. We ought to listen. And that way, you know, we won't be taken by surprise. And so we see he talks about here troubled times. And then we ought to expect the possibility of deception. Notice, if you would, in verse number three. He says in verse number three, let, not, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall come, shall not, that, that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin 
be revealed the son of perdition. He said, now listen, here's what's going to happen. He said that, that, that before he comes back, that the Antichrist is going to be in place. We have to understand that when the rapture takes place, the Christians are taken away. And I believe it's in this verse here. Let me see here. Um, no, it must be in 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians. Well, anyway, it, and, and I can't find it. I'm sorry, I didn't write it down. But he talks about, listen, there's going to come a time that, that people that has heard the gospel, this is why we ought to be diligent today to try to get our loved ones in. Because if a person has ever heard the gospel and they turn away from God and he said, listen, God's going to send them a strong delusion that they're going to believe the lie. If a person has ever had an opportunity to hear the gospel, they cannot be saved during tribulation time. Those that will be saved during tribulation time will be people that's never heard the true, the, the, a clear-cut uh, testimony of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God's going to send them a strong delusion. They're going to believe the lie. And, of course, we know who the lie is. That's Satan. And so he talks about here the possibility of deception. I was just, um, I don't know where I was reading this. It was just the other day where there's someone that has taken over a, uh, what we would call a religious organization that does not even believe in Christ. He's an atheist, and yet they put, they put him in place. To, and, oh, it was uh, Frank, uh, the Graham, Franklin Graham wrote that, that there was a man now that he put over a religious organization of some kind, I don't remember what it was, that, that is a, that is a uh, disbeliever. He's not even saved. But so why would why would somebody do that? And I'm just saying there's going to be deception. See, Jesus began to warn his disciples about his coming and at the end of the world and how it was going to be. Turn if you would to Matthew chapter number twenty-four. Matthew twenty-four, verses three through five. As he sat upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no man deceive you, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. Paul wrote in Ephesians 5, 6. Ephesians 5, 6. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. John chapter number 3. John chapter number 3, verse number 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even he is righteous. One of the characteristics of the last day of lying and deception. Lying and deception. That's what's going to happen in the last days. There's going to be people. You see, what we have to understand is Satan has ministers too. He has false ministers. And, uh, and in that, a lot of times we look at different people and, and uh, say something like this, well, this person is a preacher 
and yet he's preaching deception. He's preaching not the truth. He doesn't do what he says he, he, he tells you to do. And so what happens, we have to understand something. Just because a fellow uh, has a Bible and wears a suit and gets behind a pulpit, that doesn't even mean that they're saved. Because Satan has ministers. And we talk, he talks about here, and notice if you would, in, in verse number 13 there in chapter number 2, verse number 13. Are you there? Verse number 13. But we're bound to give thanks always to God for you, brethren, beloved, the Lord, because God has from the beginning chose you unto salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Okay, now when you accept Christ as your Savior, you're saved. But then there's sanctification. So if a person is saved, there's going to be sanctification. It could be what we call progressive sanctification. In other words, there are some folks that will get saved, and, and I'm telling you, they get it right off the bat. Their whole life changes. Their way of thinking changes. And we have to understand that But there are some that will get saved, and they're glad they're saved. They're glad that they're going to heaven, but that's about as far as they want to go with God. And I'm telling you, the Bible teaches us that, listen, there's going to be a time when, when the Christian, it's going, to be able, it's going to be hard to tell them from the unbeliever. And, of course, it's called carnality. And if there's ever a time in, in, in Christianity where Christians today are extremely carnal, it's today. It's today. And you, you talk about living right, you're talking about spitting white, you're talking about, don't, you know, you're talking about, uh, you know, doing what God would have us to do and, and so forth and so on. And it just seems like it just flies over the head. And then, of course, if you, especially if you touch on their pet sin, then you're the bad guy. But I'm just telling you, the Bible talks about sanctification. That word sanctification means to be set apart. That's why the Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of the world. That's why the Bible says if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you. That's sanctification. And I'm telling you what, if you, if when you get saved, you get in your Bible, and you're going to begin to hate the things of this world because it's, it's totally foreign to the believer. We're not of this world. And, and, and you have to, and I was talking to just somebody this past week, and I'm just telling them, hey, listen, the thing, and how many times you've heard me say this, the things of this world, the entertainment of this world is not for the believer, it's for the unbeliever. You have to be so careful as a Christian. You have to be careful what you get involved in. Preacher, have you ever gone down to Bush Guard? Nope, and I don't plan on going. But the, uh, and how's a Bush owns that organization? Why would I want to go down and give them money and so they can give people uh, liquor and then, they, and, and then they go out there and kill somebody else. Bush Gardens. Preacher, preacher do you think it's right to go? Listen, if, you shouldn't even have to ask me that. And I don't mind you asking me that. And if I can help you with it, I, I want to. But I'm saying, you just ask the question, would Jesus do it? And if Jesus wouldn't do it, neither should we do it. And the Bible says, though, in the last days, 
there's going to be a, a, a belief of the truth, the truth of the Word of God. That's why I, I, I was. That's why I love to get a verse of scripture, and before I say something, read it to you and let you understand it's what God's saying. It's not what. See, I, I can be wrong, but God can be wrong. The Word of God cannot be wrong. And when you get it from the Word of God, there is no argument after that. But I've had people get mad at me. I really have. And, and don't, don't, don't think I'm feeling sorry for myself because I know if you try to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. And I, we, I haven't suffered any persecution. But when a person looks at me and says something like that, you show them from the Bible what it says, and they look at you and say, well, that's, that's what you believe. You can't pick and choose from the Word of God. You can't do that. If God says, thou shalt not, that means exactly what it says. And, but there's a lot of people dance around that kind of stuff. You know, that, you know when, you, when you tell them, uh, show them from the Word of God what God says, don't do this. And don't, well, I don't see that, preacher. And then they begin to try to compare it to something else. You can't compare the Word of God with something else because it's, it's a book of its own. When God says not to do it, don't do it. And, and there's people today, and, and I was talking to this fellow again this week, and I said, you know what? The Bible said that we're to lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily beset us. Looking unto Jesus, they often to finish of our faith. There's things that are weighty in the Christian life. Like Paul said, you know, it may not come right out and say that this is a sin, but there is, there is the principle there. You know, the Bible doesn't say that I can't smoke marijuana. It doesn't say that. There's not a verse in the Bible that says I can't do that, but there's a principle there. The Bible, you know, and there's so many things that the Word of God says. You know, it doesn't say I can't take drugs, but there's a principle and listen, when the Word of God is being spoken, there is a command or a principle. And, and, you know, and we have to understand some things here. There's going to be that unwavering, there in verse number 3, of the assurance of the believer. For that day shall come. Now, we either have to believe the Word of God, or we, are we going to say, I don't believe it. And listen, if you can't believe the Word of God, you're in trouble tonight as a believer. And we have to understand that every Word of God is inspired. Every Word. And we have to understand if it is, it is the inspired Word of God, and there's so many Christians today that is arguing with God. I don't see anything wrong with that. Well, listen, the reason we don't see anything wrong with it is because we don't get into the Word of God. You get into the Word of God and take it face value what it says, you won't have any problem. That's called sanctification. And if you argue with God, you're not going to win. I can tell you that. You're not going to win. And so we see here, expect a departure there in verse number three, except there come a falling away. When I look around the pews tonight, I'm not, I'm not surprised that we that the pews are not filled tonight because the Bible said it's going to be a falling away in the last days. I'm not surprised when, when, when people uh, do the things they do and say the things they say and act the way. They, I'm not surprised because that's what God said it was going to be. 
And so that's that unmasking of the Antichrist. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. The, the word perdition means destruction or, uh, 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 or of eternal misery in hell. That's what the word perdition means. You see, Satan, ha he has a forecast for him too. One day he will be cast into the lake of fire. He knows that. And so that son of perdition. Then there's going to be unspeak, uh, un, uh, un, uh, talk about the apostate. Apostate, they're going to come, they're going to fall away. So if we truly believe that there will be a falling away, we shouldn't be surprised that the fuse are not filled up tonight if we truly believe that Jesus could come. And I'm going to tell you one thing. If you're looking for a sign, that's one of them. And by the way, the Jews seek a sign. The Greeks seek intelligence. And the Jews always, what shall be the sign of your coming? That's what those disciples was asking Jesus. There in Matthew chapter number 24, what shall be the sign? They look for a sign. We shouldn't be looking for a sign. We should be listening for a trumpet. There's that un, uh, unmistakable apostasy. Mark it down. It will happen. If Jesus is truly coming here real soon, we better be ready. Verse number one. The Bible said, now we beseech you or beg you, brethren, by the coming of, the, of our Lord and by the gathering together unto him. You see, he's talking about that falling away will occur prior to the rapture of the church. Does that mean that those that's fallen away will not go up in the rapture? No, it doesn't mean that. If they're truly saved, they will go up in the rapture. There's no such thing as a partial rapture. He's not going to uh, just a rapture those that's maybe uh, on fire for him and doing what they should be doing. No, he's going to rapture those. He's going to rapture all those that are saved. And then we see the falling away. The apostle precedes the rapture of the church, okay? Then we have to understand something. It, it's going to occur in professing Christians. That's, it's not talking about the unsaved because they're not in, they're not in the group. It's talking to those that are saved. You see, we have to understand between verse 3 and verse number 4, apostasy has already begun. Notice again 3 and 4. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall, come, shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worship, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. That man of perdition is going to tell the people, I am God. And by the way, you know how they're going to believe that he is God? He's going to show them a sign. He's going to call far out of heaven. He's going to, he's going to have a, a statue to talk. He said, now, I'm, I, I'm God. I'm, I'm the Lord Jesus. I'm the Messiah. I'm the one you've been looking for all along. And the Bible teaches us that many will fall into that trap. We have to understand something here. I can assure you that it's real. The rapture is just as real as, the, as your salvation. And if the, if the rapture is not true, neither is your salvation true, because the same book that told us that how to be saved tells us there's going to be a rapture day. And by the way, 
we have to understand that there's people today in seminaries all across America that are, that are being taught of a, of a partial rapture. They're talking about there's some seminaries that will teach that we're going to go through the first part of the tribulation now. There's, teach, there's those that's teaching we're going to go through the whole part of, uh, of the tribulation time, which is not biblical because God has not appointed us to wrath. We're not going to go through that time. But we may go through some hard times before the rapture. But when that rapture day takes place, the final answer, he tells us the finality that we will know that he's coming real soon, there will be a falling away. And i tell you what, folks, we better be looking up. We better be doing, getting busy for God. And whatever you're going to do for God, you better do it quick. Because I'm telling you, we're living in those last days. Now, what constitutes apostasy? We have to understand it's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. Okay? There's only one thing that will bring the Christians back together, and I believe it's going to be persecution. You see, that's the way God has always used to get his people back to where he wants them, persecution. But let me say this. Here's what it says. Do not be shaken in mind. Do not be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us. Mark it down. The day of Christ is at hand. Don't get demoralized. Don't be deceived. Don't get distracted by the things of this world. And it's something, I, I tell you what, that really, can I say what really bothers me tonight? It's when you talk to someone about doing something for Christ, and I hear them say this. I don't know whether who started this, but whoever did, they ought to be shot. My plate is full. Full of what? Full of God. Full of the things of this world. I don't have time. We better take time. Because if we truly believe that Jesus is coming real soon, we better take time. We better be ready. And I tell you what, I look forward to that day. I, I tell you, I'm like, I'm like the old John over there in the Revelation where he said, even so come Lord Jesus. If you're really sick and tired of the things of this world and the way that this world is going, would you say amen? And I tell you what, I'm tired. I'm tired of, of sometimes of preaching and it seems like it just goes in one ear and out of the other. I, I'm, I'm tired of, of people that say they're Christians and they act like the unsaved because what it does, it it's, brings confusion to the unsaved. If it's anything that's, that, that the, for, for 25 years, I rejected Christ is because I looked at people that claim to be saved. We're not to look at people we to look at ourselves because I'm not going to answer for you and you're not going to have to answer for me. But that's what kept me. I, I said, well, if, if this individual, he claims that they're saved and they're on the way to heaven, but they're doing the same thing I do. They talk the same way I talk. And honestly, when I worked at National Airport, and, and uh, the, the, it seemed like that we had two fellows there that, that uh, 
and I'm not going to mention names because James knows one of them. But I'm just saying I had a fellow there that uh, he, he, I mean, he, uh, he acted, me acted like a Christian. I mean, he didn't cuss and he didn't do those sort of things, but he never one time witnessed to me. Had another guy there that he was a deacon in a Baptist church there in Manassas. But you know what? He drank the same brand of liquor that I drank and looked at the same dirty magazines I looked at. And, and I thought to myself, well, well, if he's Christian, so am I. I'm telling you, folks, I'm tired of that. That's what you're going to run into. I guarantee you, now this is a guarantee, if you go out and try to talk to somebody about the Lord, they're going to know somebody. The devil's going to put somebody in their pathway, a, a person who claimed to be a Christian, and they're deceiving people. In the last days, there's going to be a deception. There's going to be a deception. And folks, listen, we need to understand something, especially we that are Bible believers, that Jesus is coming. Like when, when, when I was a kid, we used to play hide-and-go-seek. You know, you kind of, last thing we'd say, what we'd say? Ready or not, here I come. And ready or not, he's coming. So we better get ready. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we do thank you for the word of God. As we look around our churches tonight and we see that there is an apostasy, there is a falling away, and Lord, you told us just prior to you coming there would be a great falling away. And Lord, I pray tonight that we'd be ready, that we won't have to stand before you being embarrassed, we won't have to stand before you being ashamed that we can be ready. We can be doing that which is pleasing to you and, and the glorious words in the word of God, and he shall say to them, well done, thy good and faithful servant. What a reward just to hear Jesus say, you've been faithful. And Father, I pray tonight that your children, those that that has a testimony of being saved, we'll live in such a way that we won't bring reproach against the name of Christ. We won't bring reproach against the name of our church. That we'll be living in such a way that we were glad that we were when you come. And so, Lord, now I pray that you'd help us. Help us, Lord. I pray that, God, we'd realize how close we are, and we are closer than most people really realize. You may not come tonight, but I'll guarantee you, you're coming one day because you said you were. And I pray that, Lord, that you would, Lord, help us, Lord, to live for you. Help us to love you and put you first. In Jesus' name, amen. Lord bless you.